Father, we thank you for joining us together unto yourself again today. We thank you for helping us. Thank you for keeping us. We thank you for this year, 2015, that is fast expiring. We thank you for January, for February, for March, for April, for May, for June, for July, for August, for September, for October, for November. And we are in December, the last week the penultimate day in this year, saying thank you. Thank you, Father. Today we ask that you breathe upon us afresh. Teach us your word yourself. Let the name of Jesus and Jesus alone be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' amazing name, we are praying. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Good evening, everybody. Say good evening to your neighbor. Today, we are continuing in our series. Um, we are in part nine. If you are joining us for the first time, if this is your first time at Tribe, maybe you come to church, but this is your first time at Tribe, we have a Bible study, I mean, um, um, pattern at Tribe. And um, you should have an outline. Does everybody have an outline? Okay. Now, basically, the idea is that you fill in the blanks and we provide spaces in between questions that you can write your thoughts down. Then you take your outlines home and file them. Hopefully, um, when you look at them by the end of the year, which is tomorrow, you should have a, a big volume by now. Um, our topic, the topic of the series is biblical bad babes. Now, the idea is this. Every time we do, most times we do a Bible study, it's all about men. Um, the, the great men and the mistakes they've made, um, the bad boys of God, the Davids of this world, how they recovered and all that stuff. And, and so we are, we are kind of turning it on its head and we are looking at the women. I mean, we had some great women also that started off badly but ended up being great, like Rahab, you know, and, and on and on and on. And today we are in part nine. And part nine, we are looking at the woman caught in adultery. This is a very interesting um, teaching. They all are. The woman caught in adultery. And in tribe, um, we will, you will discover that it's a, it's a back and forth um, kind of teaching. Tribe is not a teaching, a preaching session. It's a teaching session and it's, it's interactive. So um, that's what's going to happen. Um, we usually will start with a topic statement or a topic sentence that captures and summarizes the teaching of the day. 
and, and we will start with that for today. But as a recap, in part one, we looked at Rahab. And in Rahab, the, the topic sentence for that teaching, if you, if you were to summarize it, and this is what our takeaway was, with God, it is not where you were that matters. It is it's not who you were, rather, that matters. It is who you are becoming. Not where you have been, but where you are going. We, we learned with Rahab that when it comes to God, where you are going is more important to God than where you have been. In fact, more important to God than where you are. Who you are is more important to God than uh, who you are becoming is more important to God than who you currently are. So, um, that should be encouraging for a lot of us. When we looked at Mrs. Lot and her daughters, the bottom line of that teaching was that with God, your focus is more important than your current direction. Where your eyes are looking is more important than where your legs are going. Why? Because your legs will eventually go to where your eyes are looking. We learned that with Mrs. Lot and her daughters. In part three, when we looked at Sister Jezebel, we learned that the state of your heart determines the actions that you take. Your decisions show your heart good or evil. So you can't say you have a good heart and you are planning evil for your fellow human being. And you say, oh, but pastor, I have a good heart. But you, you, have, you are filled with mischief. You know, I mean, it's out of your, the abundance of your heart. The life flows. In part four, with Sapphira, we learned that no matter how deceitful a heart is, it cannot deceive the Holy Spirit. And every time you go against God, you lose. God is someone that you want to be on his side. God is someone that you cannot afford to be on, on the enemy's side because we always win. And God is also someone you can't deceive. You can deceive your father, your mother, your wife, your husband, even deceive yourself, but you can't deceive God. The heart of every man is plain before God. That we learned um, looking at Sapphira. In Delilah, we learned that you are only as vulnerable as the secrets that you share. Everybody has a secret. You are only as vulnerable as the secret that you share. No one can destroy you without first uncovering your secret and using it against you. It's the same in every endeavor of life. You are only as vulnerable as the secret that you share. We learned that with Samson. As strong as Samson was, it became a piece of bread for Delilah because his secret was in the open. Same thing. Nobody could beat Tyson until they discovered that he could bite. They started started working on his emotions. Unless your secret is out, you cannot be defeated. Okay. With the woman by the well, we learned that our deepest longings and thirst can only be satisfied by the living waters that Christ alone can give. We, the woman had five husbands. She was trying to fill her lives with different men, with different things. But she couldn't 
be satisfied until she met Christ. And the well of living waters flowed through her. With Potiphar's wife, we learned, um, that was part seven, we learned that the slickest lipstick in the world cannot conquer a determined lips and a pure heart. So, unlike Samson, that Delilah caught, I think there's a a grammatical issue with that statement. (laughs) Fix it. Um, There's a or like something that Delilah caught, Mrs. Potiphar could not catch Joseph because Joseph was resolute, was determined. He feared God. He, he was on a mission. And last time we had tribe, which was because before the Christmas carol, the immoral woman, we learned that we should worship Jesus with reckless abandon. Why? Because when it's all said and done, your relationship with him is all that matters. Listen, when this life is all gone, the only thing that will matter is your relationship with God. In, on earth, it's good to know people. But when you show up before God, the important thing is, do you know Jesus? Not the church you attend, not the um, car you drive, not the the house you live in, but your relationship with God. So you, you cannot afford to be apologetic with your relationship with Jesus. Why? Because when it's all said and done, anything can be taken away from you. Anything can be taken away from you. But your relationship with Jesus, nobody can take away from you. If you are the president today, you can, tomorrow another president can be in the office. If you live in... Um, Where's the best place to live now? <laughs> Just one earthquake can render you homeless. <laughs> I mean, what I'm saying is that things will change, but Jesus remains the same. Do I get an amen? And that is very comforting. And today, we're going to dive straight into the heart, and we are looking at the woman caught in adultery. And our topic statement for today, we're to summarize today in one statement. It will be this. That the grace that saves you, but does not change you, is fake. You can write it there. Fill in the blanks. If you have the outline, that is where to write. F-A-K-E. The grace that saves you, but is incapable of changing you, it's fake grace. You've been, you've been defrauded. You have been for one night. Religious for one night. The grace that saves you should change you. And we're going to see that in this beautiful story. But as we all are aware, the teaching is in three segments. We have the open section, which we just ask questions and kind of um, break the ice. Then we have the study and discussion section. Then at the end, we have the commitment section where we commit. To open up um, this teaching um, back and forth, we have two questions here. We are looking at the story of a woman caught in adultery. So so the question we are posing, the first one is, 
why do people commit adultery? Why, why do you think people commit adultery? This woman was caught in the act. <laughs> so it happened. Does adultery still happen in our time? Are you sure? People still do it? So why do people... You want to tell us? <laughs> I can't see. Can you wave? Okay, yes, ma. Then... Um. Um, people still do it today. I felt it's love of money. Okay. Some women are not contented with what the husbands can provide for them. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you very much. That's, I so appreciate her boldness for breaking the ice. Love of money for some people is love of money. Um, but you've, you've, you've underscored something there that is so key. Well, I'm going to just put it in my left hand. Yes, and I'm going to deploy it afterwards. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, some say lack of attention. Lack of attention. Well, what, what does that mean? Maybe the spouse doesn't give them the attention. The spouse is not giving attention. That's why people do it. Okay. Who else? Why do people commit adultery? Okay. I knew the choir always had something to say. <laughs> Evening, sir. Um, when they wake up in the morning and behold Leah, then they uh, go out. <laughs> when they behold Leah, <laughs> and they go out. Now, what that means is that when they see their spouse and their spouse does not meet their expectations. Um, yes. Okay, that's what you wanted to say. Wow. Okay. Um, and the reasons can go on and on and on and on. But the, the bottom line was what she underscored, which is in her own case, she says, they are not content with the money the husband provides. So it's a lack of contentment. It could be with attention. It could be with sexual satisfaction. It could be with whatever. So when we are not content, it could be with our status in life. When you have old students' association, you see all your classmates and you think, how come my own is like this? And it breeds discontent. And when you nurture it long enough, you're asking for trouble. So thank you, everybody that has um, contributed. Now, the next question is, is this is a tough one. You know, in, in a tribe, we ask tough questions. We go to the, to the bottom of the matter. We, we, we go for the juggler. And, 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 and we challenge ourselves to think about things we would rather not think about. If you are married and your spouse commits adultery, I put God forbid that, right? Okay? But, you know, can you continue? Ah, okay, fine. Sir, how's that going on? Go, 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 go everywhere. Yes, sir, let's start with him. Please keep up the hand until you get the mic so that we can locate you easily. Can you continue, sir? Yes, I can continue. Because uh, before I go into that marriage, I would have counted the cost. You know, I would have asked myself, am I going to be able to carry the cross of loving this woman? I personally believe one of the reasons why, you see, 
people talk about falling in and out of love, it's because of that word, the term fall. I don't believe in falling in love. Oh. I believe in walking in love. So I, I would have asked myself, is it because of the flat tummy pointing nose, perhaps? <laughs> what if something happened tomorrow, all of this, and she's now wish her, can I still love her? Well, I would have settled that before I went into that okay. marriage. Okay. And if it comes to adultery, okay. I would just consider one or two things. And, you know. It's one of it. those things. Just yeah. continue. I, I'll move on. Okay. <laughs> That's a strong man right there. <laughs> Let's clap for the strong man. <laughs> Anybody else? But that's, 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 are you married, sir? Not yet. Uh, okay. Yes, please. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Far back then, I will not. When I was not born again. Right. I won't take that. Yes, if I caught my husband in adultery, I won't take it lightly. Lightly with him. Okay. And maybe I might pack up out of the home. Okay. That was far back then. Okay. But now that I am born again, you know, um, um, what, I, what I read again in today's devotional, jealousy. Right. Tell so we should not be jealous. Right. Uh-huh. I will, <laughs> because of that. Yes, yes, yes. But yes. well, that's not what today's devotional was saying, you know. <laughs> Yes, we should not be jealous, but, yeah, yeah, hey. you know, but okay, go uh, on. It's anyway. part of it, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. So we just allow him uh, to... I will, uh, no, no, no. I will, <clears throat> I will not allow him to go ahead. I will call him back home. Then we talk it over. Right. Yes. Okay. So you will seek to have a resolution. You seek to resolve it. Yes, I will, we will yes. resolve it. Okay. Yes. Thank you. And the next person that is, that is responding, I want you to factor in the fact that um, what if it's a, a case of um, Goma, you know, um, the lady that keeps going back? Uh, just kind of put that flavor in it, you know. Who else wants to respond? Yes, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. Pastor, I don't go grill. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank God. Eh? We have flowers. I say the truth. But like, like you said, um, if the person is just going back, going back, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm not the one satisfying her, right? Or because basically, I, I feel why people commit adulteries. Um, um, like she said, um, when you wake up in the morning, you discover the person is, has changed. Right. And I I I I fathom that in marriage is um, when you guys are like cutting. The love doesn't metamorphose into the marriage itself. It's like, um, okay, we've not seen ourselves. Like they always say, see finish your answer. Right. You know, everybody has seen themselves. They'll be like, <laughs> really, they are not bringing out their real color in marriage. Right. But like he said, we walk in love, not fall in love. But if the, um, the art persists, I think the best thing is. Um, everybody just everybody be on should be as bad as Something like that. <laughs> okay. Um, Linda, was your hand up? Oh, you are changing your mind. It's fine if you want to change your mind. Anybody else? Um, okay, so we take that, then we, we continue. Yes, sir. 
Um, I'll, I'll continue on one condition. That young man has said it. Right. That was the first and last. You know, when stuff happened the first time. So you, say, you have allowance for one? Just one. Just uh, because one. Because <laughs> it's an accident. You can say an accident when, when it's a second I time. I hope your wife is not here. <laughs> She's, She's right beside you. <laughs> so my job, God forbid, that's not your portion. Just said. But you don't have one, no. <laughs> because we can say it's an accident, okay, Christ forgave us, but on one condition, if we have to put it in writing, we put it in writing. Oga, I said, let this thing not happen again. Oga, there is no accident in those kind of things. But thank you for your um, candidness, and thank everybody. Let's clap for everybody that has responded. That's fantastic. Don't ask me, Pastor, so what will you do? I think I've asked that before, if you remembered. Go and buy all the CDs. I begin to listen to them. You see my response. Ah, uh, text is from John chapter 8, from verse 1 to 11. John 8, 1 to 11. We read from the New Living Translation of the Bible. The word of God says that Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early in the next morning, he was back again at the temple, that is in Jerusalem. A crowd soon gathered, and he cast down, and he sat down, sorry, and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act. It was a caught in the act. She has been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they would use against him. But Jesus stooped down, wrote in the dust, with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, but let he, the one who has never sinned, throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest to the youngest. Until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and what? And sin no more. Maybe that's where Alfred got his inspiration from. Johnny was, go and sit no more. <laughs> Put it in writing. <laughs> okay, so we, we, we delve into the, um, the study. The first question there says, she was caught in the act. Now, it's possible that it's not a first time. She may be like those that say, you know, some people say it's only amateurs that get caught. Until the fateful day 
why do we persist doing the wrong thing and think it will not be found out? Can you relate? I mean, do you know people that do that? Or maybe as it happened to you, do you, you used to be like that? You know, some people think, oh, it's only amateurs that get caught. The pros like us don't get, don't get caught. Maybe she was like that until the fateful day. Jesus says there's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. Nothing. So the fact that you've not been caught today doesn't mean you will be caught. Go and write today's day down. Thus says the Lord, thou shalt be. People are just looking away from me right now. Come on, look up, look up, look at me, look at me, look at me. Thus says the Lord, thou shalt be. So who wants to go? Why, why, why do we, <laughs> why do we, it, it, it may not even be adultery. It could be, we are doing something that is bad. Why do we keep thinking? You know, I was having a chat, I was, I was, I was uh, having a chat with someone in church. And, and he was talking about, he works at um, a government organization, you know, up there. And he was saying, with the EFCC and how much people have actually stolen and the impunity of stealing. And, and, and we were saying, and we both agreed that the first time they stole, they were very careful. Do you know that? They would cover all their tracks. The second time they stole, what happened? After the third time, then the fourth time, then the fifth time, what happened? That's what happened. So who wants to go? Why, why, do we, um, uh, why do we persist in doing wrong and think we will not be find, found out? Why? Yes, sir. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. Uh, I think people continue because um, it seems that justice is delayed. The Bible says that God is not um, still concerning his promises. But when people do something and they don't get uh, punished for it, absolutely, it next absolutely. Time. So because you know the Bible says in, in the first, second Peter that God is is long suffering. God doesn't want anybody to perish. So because God doesn't judge instantly, you do stuff, and God doesn't judge instantly, then you are emboldened. You want to try it again, and it's as if God is all oh, this thing that Pastor they talk self. I mean, you are the dispensation of grace until the mess hits the fan. Then, Katakata has busted. Okay, so why do we continue in impunity? Keep, please keep the hand up until you get it. Yeah, thank you. Ushers, can you please put on the mics before you hand it over? Thank you. Hello. Well, you kind of talked about it. I think um, basically we kind of monkey around with grace. Right. And I like to use that word monkey because um, maybe just because um, God is merciful, God is kind. Right. We always believe that at the end of the day, 
Maybe it's that same God who go down and kneel <laughs> and say, oh, sorry. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to leave the earthly hot. Like, if it's um, adultery, you've hurt a few people. But right. I'm trying to connect with God himself because right. that's really what matters. So I think we basically, we, are, we monkey around with grace. And you know what Paul said? You know? So... What did Paul say? Paul said, um, should we continue to sin that know, grace may abide? I know what Paul said. I want to, I want <laughs> to say, yeah. you know, you know, <laughs> right. Um, I think that's basically, that's, that's basically we, are, we are very, on, we, are, we, we, we are, we are joking with our faith. We are right. joking. We, 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 we are monkeying around with our right. salvation. Right. We, 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 we are taking grace for granted. Right. I think that's just it. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Question number two. She was caught in the act. Everyone say caught in the act. She was caught in the act. Again, it's possible. It's her first time. She may have seen her friends and other people doing it and calling her, what word, Egbe, Slowpoko, um, whatever. And getting away with it. Can you relate? I mean, has it ever happened to you? Maybe, has there been times where all your friends are doing stuff, then you just try it and you get into trouble? <laughs> That's it's like the story of my life, you know? <laughs> all right. So, I've shared it with you before. Even growing up, before I got saved, everybody can do something bad. If I try it, I'm going to get in trouble. I don't know why. Now I know why. I didn't know why. <laughs> Okay. Anybody else? Yes, please. Please keep the hands up. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When I was um, having my degree program, there was this particular course that the, though the chair thought, but it was so difficult where I didn't really understand it and we were about to write exams. I've never done that before, but as soon as I took microchips in our scots. <laughs> microchips. Now, if you have ever used microchips before, put up your hand. You are in God's household. Put up your hand. God has forgiven you. Put up your hand. <laughs> microchips. Now, if you don't know what microchips are, how do we explain microchips now? Can I explain it? Okay. Um, then that was why you were caught with microchips. <laughs> yeah. So there, there are some people like that. Many times, all I know people. All their friends are just sleeping around. Nobody gets pregnant. You sleep around once. You took all the day after morning before. And you still got pregnant. Question number three. She was caught in the act. Where was the man? You know, the law, if the law of Moses said, the man and the woman should be stoned. But they brought only the woman that was caught in the act. Where was the man? Or was she doing the M word for the purpose of little children? I'm skipping what that meant. She couldn't have been doing it alone. Where was the man? Okay. 
You know where the man is? Give her the mic. <laughs> Give her the mic. She knows where the man is. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Maybe the man has run away. <laughs> yes. You know, men are, so, men are so fast. <laughs> uh, yes. He could have seen those people coming. Then he ran away. He left the woman alone. Alone. Yes. yes. He ran away. In that kind of culture, ma, she reproduced the man. Everybody knows everybody, but it's possible he ran away at that time. Yes. He was probably one of them. He was probably a Pharisee. Pharisee, yeah. Uh-huh. It's possible. So he was a man that was powerful and nobody could touch him. So the woman becomes the scapegoat. Okay. Where was the man? My thoughts. I think this is actually a societal problem that has been long, that has been with us for a long time. Right. Where the woman is always stigmatized. Right. So the man, it's cool for a man to do as many women as he wants. Right. But it's when the woman does it that there's a family meeting. Right. And everyone is. Right. Okay. So, it's, it's, when a man does it, it's a feather in his, in his cap. Back in the day, it's true because back in the day, when you talk, it's like, how many babes this semester? Do you understand? It's like, it's like an achievement. It must go along with your GPA. <laughs> but, when a woman does it, it's like, a stigma, but it should be a stigma on both sides because what is wrong is wrong. Thank you. Why, where was the man? Tell us. At, for me, I think, um, I like um, Pastor Linda said, the man should be one of them because I mean, the, the Bible says the Pharisees were looking for a way to trap Jesus, right? So it could just be maybe they had arranged it, okay, you know what. We've been looking for ways. This is a great opportunity. Let's just bring this woman before Jesus. And the man maybe would have been one of them. And just say, okay, let's meet Jesus. Ask this so question. So the just... seduced the woman. Yes. And the woman being loose. So let's just went use this and... opportunity to trap okay. Jesus and ask him. Possible. 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 Okay. <clears throat> Next question. She was caught in the act. I was a caught in the act. So, her identity was open in public. She must have been half naked, if not totally naked, because she was dragged from the act. And Jesus said, I paraphrase, start a new life. How do you even begin to start a new life with all the shame and disgrace? How? How? I mean, she was shamed, she was disgraced publicly. And Jesus just said, go, start a new life. You are free. And sometimes we just ignore that. How easy would it be? Or for, maybe for some of us, we've, we've struggled with shame and, and, and rejection. How did you overcome it? How easy is it to start a new life in Christ? I hope a lot of us have started a new life. <laughs> okay. So who wants to share? Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. One encounter with Jesus will change a whole lot. Mm. 
And I believe because this woman had an encounter. She was shamed. She was disgraced. But Jesus told her, none of them accused you. Neither will I. So that was profound. That was very huge. I'm sure she must have held on to that. Absolutely. You know, and that gave her the encouragement to Absolutely. start a new life. So, so in the final analysis, it is whose report are you going to believe? In the final analysis, it is whose words are you going to hold on to? The words of Jesus that say you are clean, you are free, be free and go. Or the words of the accuser that says you are this, you are a thief, you are an adulteress. You cannot be clean. Nobody loves you. You are ugly. Look at your big face. Look at your round head. Look at your triangular nose. The question is, whose, whose reports are you going to believe? So, if you, if you, if you hold on to, to the report of Jesus, then you are free. Then you can walk away free. Then you will actually experience the freedom. Now, like I said to you, there are a lot of things that I have done that I am not proud of. There are many things I've done I'm not proud of. But because Jesus forgave me and forgives me, I am free. You know, I've told you how I met a former um, classmate of mine at one of the shopping malls with his wife. I mean, I, I considered him a bad boy. Do you understand? And he was introducing me to his wife. And he said to his wife, oh, this is, <laughs> he called me my nickname in, in Unilagan. And, and he said, he's not a pastor. And, and he made a statement. He says, it's because of people like this, I don't want to go to church. He says, so a bad boy considered me a bad boy. So he says, how can this kind of person be a pastor? <laughs> I, I mean, so I laughed and I said to him that, it is the kind of person that God can use, that God can save, that God can deliver. So if Jesus sets me free, I'm free. Praise the Lord. And, and you can choose to be free also. So I said to him, the more reason why you should come to church, because you knew who I was, the more reason why you should. Anyway, so when you believe the report of Jesus, you can lift up your head. Okay, uh, Pastor Colin wants to say something. And, and walk away free. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I just want to add to what you're saying. Um, I, I, look, I think back to um, secondary school, high institution days, and when um, at times you... You come up with a nickname for yourself, and at times circumstances around you <laughs> cause people to call you right. by a nickname. I remember then that um, some people would have nicknames they don't like. People call them, and usually those nicknames stick right. when they react right. to those nicknames. But right. if you ignore it, right. after a while it fizzles away. Right. So I relate that to talking about um, she had been disgraced right. in public and stuff. If she, it depends on how she reacts to... What, I mean, the very next day, if she goes out, people look at her in a funny way. Right. If she responds negatively to that, right. it sticks. It sticks. But if she like shakes it off, 
Look at me, it's your eyes. That's your problem. I'm moving forward because Jesus has said that Amen. I should move forward. It's eventually goes to become something that everybody forgets. Amen. Absolutely. Okay, so we take one more. Right at the corner. Um, then we go on. Yeah. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Um, uh, starting a new life um, with what you have said as in whose report we believe. Right. I want to add something very practical that has worked for me as well. I remember when I joined God's favorite house. Uh, so the, the aspect right. I'm looking at is community also helps in starting a new life. Right. Um, I say to someone in church, you know, I want to mention that God's favorite house is the place of factory rejects where all the <laughs> people that have seemed to be rejected and condemned have come together, but God is using them to do amazing, amazing things. things. Amazing things. So, I remember reject, but God one, accepted. God well, accepted. Well, I remember one service, and um, you were teaching, I think it was on masturbation. Right. And then the you M said... Word, the M word. The, the M, M word. Uh-huh. And then you said, even you, a retired general of M. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then you now said, everybody... Don't look I mean, at me like that, too. If, if you are in church, and um, if you've gone through that before, put up your hand. And it was amazing how almost 90% of the men in church... <laughs> So for me, that was just total deliverance. Because I remember yeah. after that service, we had um, prayers and for, it, was, it, was a, it was setting free. Amen. So today, I'm able to uh, talk to people and counsel people that are suffering with the M because I realize that, you know, it's not, it's not something that um, starts and ends with one man. Right. The enemy will always look for an avenue. It's failed in times past and it will fail again. So Amen. for me, community would always help in starting a new life. Amen. Amen. That's profound. Okay. Question number five. She was caught in the act. Everybody say caught in the act. She was caught in the act. Where was her husband? Now, this is an aspect we should look at because she was a known woman. It was clearly defined as adultery. You know, the scriptures are clear with those kind of words. So, she was a married woman. Where was her husband? Yes. Where was her husband? <laughs> Your husband is here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. Maybe tell he us. has gone for a business trip. A business trip. Okay. It's possible. It's possible. Where was her husband? Yeah. Why did he stand up for her? Praise the Lord. You know, um, when one is going to commit this act, you cannot commit it in the presence of your husband. Right. It's either the husband is at home, and the woman has gone out to meet the man she committed the adultery With. with. Right. So the husband might be at home. Might be at home. Yes. Okay. Now that it has become a community matter, and they are dragging her. There's a huge crowd. Don't you think the man will have, somebody will have gone to call him? Yes. So where was he? Why didn't he step up? Why allow your wife to be dragged? Why allow your wife to be a scapegoat? Why, why didn't you? Why, those are internal matters. We'll sort it out when we get home. But I'm not going to allow you to drag her in public. You know? I, anyway. So, you know, but you thank, know, you. So- thank you. Thank you, man. Let's hear that. Do you want to see, see my response? Yeah, tell me. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. I think um, this woman's husband was like um, Ahab or Poti- uh, Potiphar's 
Potiphar. Rather. Potiphar. He knew what his wife was doing, and he just stayed home to relax, like whatever. <laughs> you know, and of, of course, he must have heard that she got caught. And he was like, oh, well, that's her problem. I mean, right. I wasn't there with her. You right. know, so I think that's kind of... This woman does not listen to instructions. Does I, not. I have been telling her since. Now, let her face the music. Okay, fine. I think we have enough... Okay, let's just take this response. Okay, it's fine. I think we have enough um, responses on that. <clears throat> Number six. Let's read Matthew chapter 1. Matthew 1, 18 to 19. I read... Matthew 1, 18 and 19. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiance, was a good man. He was a good man. He was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. So the question is this. Compare her husband's undocumented response to Joseph, to the response of Joseph. Interesting how Joseph responded. Mary was to be married. She was found pregnant. That speaks of adultery Stroke for education, right? So, Joseph could have dragged Mary to the public square. But he didn't. He wanted to just end it quietly. Which also tells me that Joseph would not have continued. Okay. You didn't get that. I'm good. <laughs> because he was a good man. He would not have continued. So how, any thoughts on the, on the two kind of men? Who wants to share? Okay. There's a hand here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think Mary had a good reputation. The Bible says she was a virgin. Right. And so that influenced the way Joseph dealt with her. The adulterous woman was probably brazen and had had encounters where her husband had probably tried to warn her like um like um of course this, this prophet they had a wayward wife you know probably tried to call her back and get her but she just kept on doing it so it was it was easy for i won't say it wasn't easy but it's it could joseph could easily have avoided disgracing mary while right. the other man would be like well you have been going out so finally right. we've caught you outside face the face music. the music Okay. Okay. Thank you. Any other thoughts? On yeah. Okay. Then let someone else take the mic to that corner. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think in the case of um, the adulterous woman's husband, right? He didn't want to come out because, of course, it will stigmatize him also. Right. That was why he kept undercover. Right. He might even be among the crowd there, but refused to be identified. As, Possibly, yeah. Yes, number one. Then in Joseph's case, I believe for the fact that he was engaged to Mary, it's because he feared God. And because he feared God, he wanted honorable Separation. disengagement, not to equally bring stigma, 
stigma to himself and equally right. to Mary. So you said yourself to what? Selfish. <laughs> That's what you are saying. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, some, some translations said that um, Joseph was a just man. Right. He was a godly man. So from my own um, understanding, I think he felt that God was going to deal with Mary himself. And that we are all saved by grace. So let me leave her for God to deal with her. And God will comfort me and give me a better wife. I felt that, is a, um, that was Joseph's, um, I mean, thoughts. Okay. Praise the Lord. But let me, we'll still hold the mic. Let me just ask you. But, but Joseph was going to leave Mary and separate. So Joseph couldn't handle it. What, what do you think? He's a just I mean, man. I mean, even, even in the Bible, the Bible talks about um, divorcing your spouse if there is adultery. So, I mean, he did the right thing. I mean, what the Bible had said. But he didn't want to punish her because he felt God was going to deal with her himself. Okay. And then because he feared God. Awesome. Thank you. Next question. Uh, the next point, the seventh item there. Let's read verse 6 to 8 of our text. It says, they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his fingers. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, let the one who has never sinned, throw the first stone. Then he stood down again and wrote in the dust. So the question is this. What would you be writing in the dust if we were Jesus? And what can we learn from this? I mean, I, I think, what do you think Jesus was writing in the dust? Let me tell you what I would be writing. Should I tell you? Okay, let me hear yours first. What would you be writing in the dust? Okay, say, right on that corner. What would you be writing in those? Uh, Father, I have two theories. Okay. One is the, in quote, the spiritual one. Right. Maybe he's thinking, this guy's quoting Law of Moses for me, me that I wrote this for myself. Right. So he's trying to write it again right. or cancel it. But the real thing I think is, is just cooling off. There are some people cooling that come to, yeah, come to you with something, you just want to slap them immediately. <laughs> But you control yourself and just do something else for a while. Just begin to write yeah, on the just dust. Yeah, just distract yourself from slapping them. Right. I think it was just cooling off. It was cooling off? Yeah, from calling fire from heaven to burn them. <laughs> no, no, true. That's exactly how I thought. But I think Jesus was writing. No, let me hear. What do you, what do you think he was writing? Yes, sir. Well, I think Jesus was writing the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Since they were surrounding him. So you pick the one that is closest to your own. Exactly. Okay. Since, let's see. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. You say you have no sin, right? Choose one. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Uh, is that a hand there? No. Okay. What do you think Jesus was writing? I think he was writing the people that have committed the adultery, where they committed it, when... <laughs> Their partners. Their partners. So that is why they kept on going quietly. <laughs> like that. Okay, well, possible. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> you know, if, if 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 I were Jesus, you know, what I probably and now don't don't look at me funny, but what I probably would have been writing, idiots. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean blockheads, <laughs> hypocrites. <laughs> You know, 
<laughs> and and that's what I will, that was that were the first few things I would write before getting up and saying, "He that has no sin." Then after they are all going one by one, I will now draw a smiley with a tongue out. It all as in people are just incredible. Praise the Lord. Totally incredible. Now, what can we learn from this? Is if you notice that Jesus wrote in the sand, he wrote in the dust, something that can be easily wiped off. Jesus did not write on the tablet. Jesus did not speak a word. When you are irritated or upset or people are incorrigible, like um, uh, Pastor Balaji said, and people are getting under your skin, it's better not to say a word because your words can be misquoted. Silence cannot be misquoted. Your words can be used against you. If you must vent in the office, just go down. All right. Okay, oh what are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm writing. <laughs> then wipe it off so that because two wrongs obviously will not make a right. Okay, question number eight. Can you see that the scripture is so, so loaded? It's, it's unbelievable. They were trying to trap him. I'm reading verse six. They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. So the, 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 the question is this. It wasn't just about the woman, as we have seen. Many times, people attack just to get at God. People attack you because they say, oh, you are born again. But people don't like God. But they, it has nothing to do with you. But they abuse you. But they really don't know you. It's not, that they don't, it's not that they dislike you, but they just don't like God. Has this happened to anybody before? Why you are taking a flag for God? So to speak. Come on, it happens all the time. Okay, let me share my own and, and, and we'll be on our way. Continue. I've shared it before. I mean, at the time, some group, some guy, then after that, a group of people, they really were upset at me. I'm their pastor, and they were really upset at me. And I was bothered, you know, and I, you know, and I checked with the Holy Spirit, and, and God said to me that, don't mind them, that they are angry with him. That it's not my, it's not my issue. I said, yeah, it's not my issue. I said, so it was easy to deal with. You know, I could just keep loving them, keep ignoring them. Why? Because their issue is fundamental. Their issue is with God and not with me. And that was what was happening. That woman was just a scapegoat. It was Jesus they really wanted to entrap. Question number nine. Question number nine. Read verse 7 to 9. 7 to 9 says, They kept demanding an answer from Jesus. So he stood up again and said, All right, let the one who has never seen throw the first stone. Then he stood, stooped down again and wrote in the dust. 
when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus and the woman were left. So question, why did they drop their stones and left? And why was it the older ones that were the first to leave? Okay, we could say the answers have been shared already, but why did they drop their stones? And why was it the older ones that dropped their stones first? Anybody? Yes, sir. Okay, there's another hand here. So we take these two. I'm gone. Yes, sir. Okay, praise the Lord. I think um, after they heard Jesus, right? I believe that uh, like a screen was flashed, um, you know, and uh, everybody started seeing all the things, all the bad things they've done in time past, you know, right. and uh, from the older ones because, uh, you know, you you do you remember that <laughs> these it's, ones are really old, you know, and the young ones uh, can't deny, but when you are old. Well, you know that uh, there's nothing else you can do but to just um, own up. You own can't up. just continue to say, you know, to deny the things that you have done in the past. Right. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, there was someone, okay, you're fine. Okay, so we take her, then I'll share a few thoughts and we go on. Praise yeah. God. Hallelujah. I think um, for the older ones, it hits them hard. Because they had more experience right. and they are more wise. Right. And of course, the message was clear. That was why they began to drop, you know, their stones. Their stones. Thank you. Now, in addition to this, it was a cultural thing back in the day that when there was a stoning execution, it is the oldest that stones first, then the younger ones stones after. So when the ones that were supposed to stone first, like they both said, they saw their lives. They couldn't, they began to drop their stones. Question number 10. You have to admire their honesty. If you read verse 7, verse 7 talked about them um, um, saying, when Jesus says that he that has no sin should throw the first stone. He says, you have to admire their honesty. I mean, these people were honest. Jesus says, if you don't have sin, throw the first stone. And everybody dropped their stones. They're extremely honest people. Now, they walked. What do you think would have happened if somebody dared to throw this first stone? What do you think would have happened? Because in any group of people, there are always people that think they have no sin. Have you noticed? There are always people. Yes. What do you think would have happened? The adulterous woman would have died. They would have all stoned her to death. They would have all stoned her to death. That's what you think would have happened. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Ma. What else do you think would have happened? Okay. You can bring the mic here. Stick the hand at the back. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think uh, at that moment, the woman would have as well just hold up that you also have patronized me. <laughs> you are my customer. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you think will have happened? Yes, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think um, maybe Jesus would have um, 
also, also uh, uh, um, tell the person the sins he has committed, so he should probably be judged instantly. Right. Thank you. What do you think will have happened? Um, amen. amen. I think if someone dares to um, cast the first stone, probably the person can um, turn to a pillar of salt. The person will just salt. <laughs> yes. What do you think will have happened? Praise God. Hallelujah. I think other, the other men there would have looked at that first man that cast the first stone and said, no. Haven't, are you sure you don't have anything in you too? Right. I think they would have stoned that very man too. Uh-huh. Yes. So he would have been the object of stoning. <laughs> Many things could have happened. But I don't think the woman would have died. I think whoever tries it would have regretted it. I don't know how Jesus would have executed it. But whoever, whoever tries it would have regretted it. Okay. Question number 11. Until only Jesus was left with a woman still standing there. Many times, the things that were meant to destroy us bring us to the place of grace. Alone with Jesus. Can you relate with this? Sometimes the things that were meant to destroy you brings you to the place where you you found grace with God. Only you and Jesus. Can anybody else that has not spoken, we will bring you in if nobody else uh, volunteers to speak. Anybody else that has not spoken, there are things that... Okay. Yep. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'll share a short story about when I was in secondary school about one of my friends. Right. He was caught in a dark corner, I mean, secondary school. Right. Dark corners mean maybe she was with a guy, and usually when they find you, you're out of school. Right. But somehow she came to the devotion and raised the prayer points that they should pray for her and. Judgment was not passed. Somehow everybody just left the story. The principal, nobody talked about it. Right. And she just carried Jesus, faced her while we were all gossiping. Right. She faced our books and in SSC, she was one of the best. She came out all ease. Right. So, um, with this woman, I mean, just like every other person, sometimes when you think you'll be destroyed and God has saved you, you'll just remain there. Why won't I remain here? Absolutely. That's my own take. Absolutely. That, that's beautiful. I mean, that must have driven her to face her uh, um, studies and, and become the best that she could be. Anybody else? Um, okay, so we take our brother and we'll go up. Praise God. Uh, Some time ago when I was in the, in the prison outside of the country. Right. Uh, the missionaries came. And, where was uh, that? This about uh, nine nine years where? ago. Where? In prison where? In Moscow. In Moscow? Oh, wow. Yep. Oh. So the missionary came with sharing uh, good news. And I've heard about the gospel several times, but <laughs> they use a word that offend me. I say, give your life to Christ. Because at this time of my life, I... I said to myself, giving my life to different things, system, government, and looking back, I regretted I did. Right. Give your life to Christ was too expensive 
a, a, a discussion I wasn't ready to entertain. What happened was I had a bridge with the law and a bridge with the allegiance to which I sworn. Stuff happened, a setup, following up a, a command sometimes in intelligence, you wouldn't know you are just walking to set, uh, your setup, you know. You were so, in intelligence? Yes, I was with NIA, National Intelligence Agency. Okay. So, uh, that incident happened, our cover was blown. Right. We were all caught. Right. You know, no country plays with a spy and all of that. Right. So now, after my colleagues have been tried one after the other in the electrical share that was made to conjure them to want to speak whatever they are concealing, wow. none of them survived it. I was not alone. I, I sat on that same chair, eject me the way eject others, but I couldn't give out the ghost reasons I don't know. So they just kept me there and coming to talk to me and several in my dream I know how I see I'm not a dream type but how I in the dream somebody will come to me and say you shall not die amen you know so, so I he so brought me so you found brought, grace yeah he brought right. me I still didn't give my life to Jesus because right. until when I came to the church yeah right uh, severally you said give your life to Jesus right. I wasn't ready right. but the choir sang a song right. which set every protocol broken right. you know which put me at the edge of thought I remember how I had to jump down from the jet everything and I found myself on a beach why was it not in the blue sea mm. that could have only be God mm. and all protocol was broken mm. I gave my life to Jesus Amen Amen Okay. <laughs> you know, Jesus does not abandon his own. Nations can abandon their spies, but Jesus does not abandon his own. All right. Question number 12. It's not a question, actually. It's just a statement. I mean, when Jesus says that, where are your accusers? Where are your accusers? When Jesus forgives, not even one accusation can stand. Praise the name of the Lord. And I think we should give God a round of applause for that. I mean, for me, I'm totally grateful for that. When Jesus forgives, not even one accusation can stand. Number 13. Read verse 10 and 11. NLT and NIV. The NLT says, then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and say no more. The NIV says, Jesus strengthened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Have no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and live your life and live your life of sin. Praise the name of the Lord. How does this contrast with the fake grace that is being peddled and preached today? The fake grace that says, it doesn't matter what you do. The grace of God covers you. Just continue to sin. 
you are caught in adultery, oh, is that a problem? There are different levels of grace. Just continue to sin. But Jesus didn't say that. Did Jesus say that? Jesus says, you are free, that is grace. Go and sin no more. That is life. So, any thoughts on that? Pastor Linda was telling us how we monkey with, with grace earlier on. Any thoughts on that? Yes, sir. What is being preached today is for spiritual mediocres. That is, <laughs> people who want one leg in church, one leg out of church. Right. They want to use God. Right. And saying now that it's funky to be a Christian... Uh, because of what they've made Christianity to be. Right. So they, just as you said on Sunday, we do so much confession and we don't repent. Right. So people want to enjoy being in sin right. and they want to enjoy God, which is not possible. You have to choose one. Right. And so they've made Christianity convenient for right. people by preaching that you can do this today, oh. God will have mercy on you and you keep, but that's not the way of God. Absolutely. You should actually live your life of sin. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. The things I used to do. The places I used to go. The clothes I used to wear. Mini. <laughs> there is a great change. See someone again. The movies I used to watch. Okay. Question number 14. When Jesus said, go and sin no more, Jesus simply meant, follow me. I mean, if you, if, you, if you miss this, I mean, you miss a whole lot of things. Why? Because go and sin no more cannot happen without following Jesus. Nobody can go and sin no more in their strength. There's nothing in us that is able to live above sin by ourselves. We're as frail as can be. So when Jesus says, go and see no more, it simply means what? Follow me. Follow me. So we go to the final question, which is this. What is the most important lesson you have learned from the story of this woman that was caught in the very act? What's the most important lesson you have learned? Who wants to go? There's a hand right at the back. That'd be so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's a hand. Is that hand going up? Okay. There's a hand there. Take the mic. Yeah. Let's hear you. Yeah. One important lesson I've learned today is that no matter how low you've gone, mm. God is there waiting for you. He's mm. merciful. His mercy is infinite. Mm. So um, it's it's liberating to know that you know God 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 won't give up even if everyone else does. Amen. And that is so comforting, you know, because in in, in addition to the fact that Jesus was writing to the on 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 the dust and on the sand, the woman was thrown to the ground and Jesus went to the ground. You know, Jesus took down. In other words, Jesus was like. It came to our level, you know, and that is so, so comforting. Yes. Praise God. 
the part that stood out to me most was the part where Jesus actually wrote on the sand. I mean, what we've learned here just simply shows that it, it, it's actually like an eye-opener in my relationships with people right. that I meet, that I, that I would meet, right. you know, that not to, not to just respond quickly, think about um, writing the sand, <laughs> writing right. the sand. Let's write the sand and where cool it off. would go, you know. And cool off. Yes, there was a hand, yeah, there, and there's a hand there. So, I need to know the number of hands we have so that we'll, so... One, two. <clears throat> okay. So we take one, two, three, four. And we are done. One. Um, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, basically, like what happens in the Nigerian system where jungle justice happens in the case of Alu 4. Where what? Jungle justice. Jungle happened. justice. Oh, right. Yeah, in the case of Alu 4, when those four boys were just murdered, they right. didn't get a chance to actually repent right. and actually fulfill the destiny that God actually designed for them. Right. And so the lesson here is just why we might be quick to want to hurt people, to want to just relay our own judgment. God actually has a plan to actually forgive and give them an opportunity Absolutely. to actually turn their ways and follow him. Absolutely. Thank you. Two. No matter what we do in the secret, the wrong we do in the secret, when God wants to expo expose us, he exposes <laughs> us in the public when we receive so much disgrace. <laughs> Absolutely. That is so, 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 so key. Now, let me, say, let me just say something. Now, there's nothing that is hidden that will not be made manifest. Nothing. The best time to stop is when? Is now. Just stop now. JJ. That's going to hit the fan very soon. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think for me, the lesson I, I learned um, there is um, for like the woman caught in adultery. Um, like you said, you, you can't, Jesus can't forgive you, then you don't follow him. So even when Paul was explaining, he says um, he was trying to give an example that um, for the fact he lived, is because he lives for Christ. So, I mean, that woman, for me, it's a key thing that um, she might really go back to her, the group that she actually had in the adultery case and say, look, I've been forgiven and I've been given the chance right. to move forward. You can actually learn from me. Right. This Jesus is truly forgiving. Um, forgiving. So, you could actually go for him and go right. to him and ask for forgiveness. So, for me, I think that's a um, key thing. Absolutely. Thank you. Then, number four. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think grace has a responsibility of not doing it again. Right. That's just, don't do it again. You've been forgiven once. Don't go back. Right. I've had someone said to me, but there has to be a sin for me to go and tell God I'm sorry. If the Bible has said, for all have sinned. Oh, someone said that? Yes. You okay. know, people just... That I need grace, so let me go and sin. Yes, there has so to be a sin for me to go and ask for forgiveness. You right. Know? And also, I've learned that walking, following Jesus means actually walking in his full step. You know, you have to put your foot or feet where he has put his. It means you don't go back to those things. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Let's start for everybody that has uh, contributed. Um, fantastic. So, um, the final part is the commit part. And what we want to commit is, I'm going to put it up on the screen. We, we want to say 
that, Father, I thank you for the gift of salvation. You want to say something like, today I commit afresh to following Jesus for the rest of my life. And how we do it is you write it out yourself. Write it out in, this, in the blank space provided. Write it out in your own handwriting. Heaven is seeing you. Don't worry, you're not submitting it for anybody. Father, I thank you for the gift of salvation. Today, I commit afresh to following Jesus. For the rest of my life. Okay, so today you've heard the word. We have committed to act on it. The question to you is, how will you pass it on? You need to think about that. How will you pass it on? Let's bow down our hearts as we bow down our heads and let's pray about what we have heard. For some of us, there are different things that have communicated to us. For some of us, it's the grace. For some of us, is the is the control that Jesus had. The wisdom to write in the sand. For some of us, it is, the, it is Jesus being circumspect, not, not speaking when he didn't have to speak. For some of us, it's, it's the beauty that Jesus can give us a second chance, that he can forgive us regardless of how messy our lives, our past is. Just talk to God in your own way. And there may be some of us here, you want to commit to Christ. You've never given your life to Jesus. Or like the gentleman said, he hears me give the call over and over again. I always give people an opportunity. This opportunity to accept Jesus. Because it's the most beautiful thing you can do. Or you say that, Pastor, I've accepted Jesus before, but you know, I've gone back. Can I commit again? Yes. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. You don't need to come forward. In the privacy of your seat, everybody's praying. Don't worry, nobody's looking at you. I say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to commit my life to Jesus. Put up your hand wherever you are. I need to know you are there, so I need, I need to know if I'm making this prayer or not. God bless you for that hand. Oh. Children always give their lives to Jesus. <laughs> that is me. The rest of us, let's just say to God, thank you for even this year. Thank you for the privilege to come before you. Father, we thank you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh,